Let's go. Are you ready to rumble? Let's go, Alex. How are oh, you? It's gonna be. I'm good. You're making me nervous about this podcast fight we're gonna have now. <laughs> So just to catch everybody up, Alex and I are going to be discussing an article that was sent to him by his sister in Canada about or against, I should say, against the use and development of artificial intelligence. So Alex, are you ready to have this debate? You will be debating the pro use of artificial intelligence, I will be debating the con use of artificial intelligence based on the article by Cindy Sherwin published in the Montreal Researcher. Uh, Any context you want to give everybody before we launch into things? Yeah, my sister sent it to me and I I read it. It's not a very long article, but uh, it got me super heated because I think it was very biased. And um, although this speaks about medical research and the use of chat GPT with medical research, I think that it's the same underlying um, discussion points for general AI use for personal use and business use and educational use. So I think it's the same kind of resonates the same feeling that people have across all those different domains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's why I was so interested because you did get so fired up about this. I was like, let's make him <laughs> more fired up. Let's get him real fired up, everybody. So let's talk Thanks. about this. <laughs> let's talk about the article. So uh, the article in uh, of itself uh, provided questionable answers to 20 medical questions, right? So Alarmingly, nearly 70% of the study reference provided by ChatGPT were fabricated. They were made up. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was there were 20 researchers that uh, came up that wrote, wrote papers. So they used those 20 papers and 17 out of the 20 researchers participated in this, I guess, experiment. But yeah, that, that number is correct. 70% of the references that chat gpt made were were fake that's dangerous alex let's get into it right now let's just jump right into it that's absolutely dangerous and irresponsible to utilize misinformation (laughs) i agree and I, i think it's important to start um i'm not advocating that people should use chat gpt or ai for you know, to treat themselves medically or for anything important, you know, like legal purposes. Um, I think it's definitely a good tool to help, but not to replace medical doctors or medical uh, treatment or doctors or lawyers or any other professionals. So, I mean, it's important to state that. I think the article didn't state that very well either, but um, we're teaching our kids in our Kids AI Academy program about hallucinations and fact checking. And I think that is one of the big points about this is you've, you've got to fact check any, any, and it's not just with AI. I think it's the same with, with anything, any type of research or any type of important work that you're doing, papers that you're writing, whatever facts you come up with, you need to, you need to fact check them, especially with the internet and Google, just because something comes up number one on your search doesn't mean it's right. You've got to fact check it. So it's the same with AI. And again, that point wasn't, wasn't made in the, in the article they did mention you know checking the facts but not that it's everybody should fact check it with whatever they're using 
not just say 70 percent though alex 70 percent. that's a that's a lot of misinformation that's a super majority well again it's i think it's not comparing apples to apples 70 percent of medical facts were or references were were fake or not correct ChatGPT is a language model it's gone out and pulled millions and millions or billions of you know uh, documents and references and it just is really good at taking all those that information and responding to questions and uh, and and writing content it's not a medical tool it's not a researching tool to get specific facts I think, and, and there are tools like that. There are companies that have created and are working on creating even better tools that use or incorporate AI. So there's, a, you know, a company that has a huge medical database and it's a tool for doctors to help diagnose problems, medical problems, and come up with diagnosis, a diagnosis and come up with a clinical plan. And again, it's not to, it's only for doctors. You can't, the public can't use it. It is um, meant to help doctors come up with more information to help them come up with clinical plans and help them diagnose problems. So I think if they ran the same experiment through that language model or that AI tool, I think the results would have been significantly different. So yeah, well, I, I don't think it's comparing. To your point, right? Like it did give bad advice. They were saying, suggesting an injectable steroid treatment when the actual treatment should have been oral, right? So that, I mean, just the the fact that the therapy in and of itself and, and the delivery was so wrong, um, shots versus taking a pill, that's, that's a, a big difference. What do you think about that? Definitely. I mean, that could be, uh, you know, uh, a fatal mistake if somebody were to to follow those instructions but again it's not not a fair comparison it's not using the right tool it's the same with using the internet i think if you go and ask google a question just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's right and you, the top result could be something that said it, during the elections there was all kinds of uh, false information and fake information that was available on the internet through social media platforms through even google uh, if you knew what you were doing, you could get your results on the top top of that list. So, I think whatever you whatever information you get, you got to fact check it, and also you have to use the right tool. What? You know, you're not going to use a, what? Yeah, just because it's on the internet doesn't it gives you a response doesn't mean that it's right and you should use it. I mean, you, if you're going to cut down a tree, you're not going to use a you know a, a hacksaw or a, a, a knife. You got to use the right tool. That's true. That's true. I was I was actually going to be very facetious and say, what? You mean if it's in print, it's not fact? How is that hey. possible? How is that? I'm just kidding. And Absolutely you know what? I, God, you're always attacking me. <laughs> but I think I think the the um, an important point, and you know, this is how we got into teaching our kids about AI and why we want to teach them and why we want to get a program out there to help people teach children is just because it's new, this is only what, 10, 11 months old, like the general availability of gener generative AI and, and chat GPT to the public. So everybody's using it kind of like a brand new Google. Um, people need to know how to use it properly and what it can do and what the limitations are. And uh, it starts with, with children of whatever age it is. Schools need to teach this. And there's so much, 
um, hesitation to use it. And, uh, you know, there, there's school systems that are banning it. There's teachers that are uh, really against it. And, and um, there's severe consequences if they think their students are, are using it for papers. And, you know, they're accusing them of cheating and plagiarism. So that's a bigger discussion or another discussion. I think it's important that we start teaching people. So companies should be teaching their their employees how to use it uh, or provide that 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 tool um, or that resource so that they can learn how to use it. I think schools need to definitely incorporate it into their studies and embrace it because this isn't going away. And um, later on, I think our next subject, there's something so far out coming up in just the next couple of months. It, this is going to get better and better and more widely adopted by people. The use of it's going to be more ado widely adopted. So people need to learn how to use it properly. Oh, 100%. I think that leads us to our next points about the ethical implications and the misinformation. So I think bias has already been discussed. It, it, the, it, the learning system was inherently built in with bias into the system. And I think it's showing up with the, the work product that people are, are able to create this and it's creating echo chambers it's creating wider divisions in the society what's your take on that i don't think that point of view or that type of bias is specific um to ai i think it's it's everything it's a big problem with technology today uh it's a huge issue with google results and social media like facebook what you search for is what you're going to see today and what you're going to keep seeing tomorrow and keep seeing the next day because all the different platforms want to show you what you're what they think you're interested in because if if they present what they're what you're interested in you're going to keep your eyes on that platform longer and you're going to keep coming back to it so if you have a particular bias and you search for it today that's what you're going to keep seeing um and, and then you start getting a, you know, kind of a, a view of the world with blinders on that, well, I think this, and this is what keeps coming up in, in Facebook. So this has got to be true. And this is what everybody thinks. So it's not limited to, this type of bias isn't limited to AI. Yeah, we've been experiencing it for many years. And um, this is probably going to make it worse because it's so easy to get information and uh, it pulls from more databases than I think Google does and some of the other platforms. So Again, it goes down to the education. I think people need to be educated on how to use it, how to use it ethically, how to use it responsibly. Um, and then like in the case of this article, how to learn how to use chain prompts, use personas, use how to build out the conversations and not just simply ask a question so that you improve the results that you get, which this article didn't do too, didn't do as well. It just prompted questions and got an answer. If, if um, I, I truly believe if they set up the conversation properly and informed it and gave it context, the results would have been better. Maybe not all of the facts, but it would have definitely uh, generated better results. Does, does that answer your bias question? It does. Sorry, <laughs> I had to cough a little bit. Um, no, very good points. I think it, what's interesting is you're saying that this is a tool was released out into the wild and it was tool released without a manual so there was no best practice utilization of chat gpt and people are utilizing it in the wrong way and coming up with biased answers so there's two questions here right how do we educate the utilization or the proper utilization of chat gpt 
And how do we combat the people that are utilizing it in the wrong ways and coming up with faulty work product? That's a difficult question. I think it's a difficult problem because so many people are using it that the usage is gonna increase. Um, so I think it's gotta be one step at a time. Like companies will, if you, if you hire a company, they'll give you training on Microsoft Office and how to use it properly. I think, uh, as, you know, as well as other type of training, but I, I think that AI needs to be incorporated in that onboarding um, of new employees. It's gotta be offered to current employees. And again, it's school, we gotta teach children. We gotta start with the children. Mm -hmm. I agree, but the resources don't exist. They they don't have this manual yet as far as like how to best utilize ChatGPT. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people that say they're experts. Um, I, I, we talked about this before. They, I think the only AI experts are the people that have been doing it for decades um, on the, the side that we use every day, but don't really think of it like Siri and Google Maps and Netflix. I mean, that type of AI that's that's there um, that help us with our day to day life. Those guys are experts. They're, you know, true technical people. They, they've learned AI. The chat GPT experts, nobody's an expert. There might be users that are really good and have uh, studied it a lot. Um, I feel like we're kind of not experts, but, you know, we've, we've learned a lot and we use it a lot. Um, you just got to find the right information, which is going to be difficult. You got to find, you got to step through all the snake oil salesmen, find <laughs> good information and, and use those programs or that information to, to teach yourself, teach your children. And mm -hmm. same thing with companies. They've got to hire people that have a track record, um, can produce results and, and give that proper training. Yeah. So it's kind of a long road. You got to do step-by-step step, start, start today and um, start training people and, as the technology develops, which is gonna be really quickly and, and more powerful language models get released, we start to learn how to use them and not just ask a question and, and think it, it's gotta be right, gotta use it. ChatGPT yeah, told me. And this discussion, it's exciting. I'm kind of stepping out of my role of um, supporting the, the con arguments against this, but you know, just this discussion- I'm converting is... you. Oh I'm no, 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 hold you. on, hold on. I did, you did not win, not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, one of the things that's coming up for me is you're right. Like the, the, the advancements are coming out so fast, but people don't know how to use it now. Advancements are going to be coming out that further its capabilities, which then furthers the ability to misuse the technology. It seems like the gap is going to widen between those that know how to use it properly, its capabilities, and just misusing, you know, a knife versus a chainsaw is, is a big difference. Oh, good point. And I, I agree. I think it's it's kind of like the the financial gap between the wealthy and the uh, the poor. It, it's just going to keep growing. And the people that know how to use it properly are going to have a huge, huge advantage over the people that don't. Um, and that's going to have, it, it's not just going to be financial effects. It's, it's going to affect people's lives with everything. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. When I think this gives more support to our initiative to really helping out marginalized communities uh, with the utilization of this. So uh, definitely something that we should probably focus in on together. 
that being said, I'm looping back into my persona of talking <laughs> about the cons of the utilization of AI. So what other hot button issues came up for you when reading this article? Obviously, um, you, you were saying that the outputs were skewed, they misused the technology, and through that misuse came up with misinformation. Uh, are there other things that um, you wanted to kind of bring out as points that I could argue against? No, I think the biggest part of it was using a tool that it, a general tool to provide medical to provide uh, generate responses to medical questions on on research papers, which is not the the point of it. There are definitely tools that are out there that that can uh, could do that much better. And I think you know the point in general is you got to be careful with with AI. You've got to fact check. Um, don't just take it as right, just because it's it was printed in front of you on a screen. I think those points, I think it could have made those. But I think, I mean, this article was was picked up by the Mayo Clinic and in one of their digital health publications. Um, so this was almost like a research paper in itself to the medical field kind of being presented to the public saying, look, researchers in the medical field think that you know AI and ChatGPT is, is not good for you and it's dangerous. Um, so I, I think that, that's what kind of got me heated is they're trying to make a point. The underlying basis of the point I think is accurate, but the way they presented it and the way they use the tool is just, is false. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, uh, the point is to, uh, support a bias uh, about AI and chat GPT for general use in, in the medical field. And I think it's wrong. And, and there's a lot of people that think AI can do really phenomenal things, or it's going to be able to do phenomenal things in, AI, in, um, in healthcare. And it doesn't talk anything about that. So I think that, that was my issue with it, the big issue. A and limited then, perspective. Yeah. And then surprisingly on the same day that I read that article, um, this kind of goes towards what we're talking about here with this article, but also in general for AI, Google is coming out, or I mean, they already have it, but they're releasing, and it's, it's rumored to be released in October of this year, um, a new language model called Genesis. And mm -hmm. Genesis is crazy, unbelievable, like science fiction. I'm watching Star Trek, unbelievable. It is, um, so it's their DeepMind, it's called DeepMind Genesis, language learning language model and one of the things that's really powerful with it is google's releasing it and with google's financial uh capabilities and the enormous databases that they have and they built over the years with all the different platforms including bard and claude which they uh they either own or have investments in and all the google searches we do and everything else that google's involved with it has access to information that none of the other language models have, the, the, the volume of, of information it has, but it's also, uh, it leaves the other models in the dust. So like Google or um, OpenAI's ChatGPT, uh, the 3.5 model started out the, this whole thing uh, almost a year ago. And then ChatGPT4 came out, which is a huge improvement and much more powerful. What people are calling um, lately ChatGPT 4.5 is the code interpreter, which again is much more powerful, has a lot more abilities and, and functionality. This language model, this Genesis language model, um, one of the things it can do is 
take six different data points, data sources, and process them simultaneously. So in a prompt, you could uh, attach video, text, an audio uh, recording, and images, and it's going to process them all and generate a response. So that's huge, and it kind of opens the door to adding memory and planning capabilities to what AI can do or chat GPT, like generative AI tools can do. It also is not just one single language model. It's going to be, it uses a network of language models that are all going to work seamlessly. And what's kind of scary in a, in a way is that it, it's not just going to be a tool where you ask it a question, you prompt a question and it gives you a response. It is, you can prompt it with a, an end result, a task, and it's going to be able to accomplish that task without specific training on that task. Mm. So that's huge. That's almost um, what's called like uh, artificial general intelligence, where computers, machines start acting like humans and, and can come up with, with thought on their own. That seems so, scary. It, it is kind of scary. It's going to have a lot more power. It's going to be a lot more powerful. Uh, it's going to be able to do things that we can't even... We, can't even imagine right now. So this is a, a huge, big tool. And then a, a kind of a separate um, release, and I don't know if it's coming out in, in October, the same time as the Genesis language model, but Google has, um, coming from their DeepMind lab, something called MedPalm M, and there's an update coming to that, which is MedPalm LLM, like learning language model. Oh, sorry, it is uh, MedPalm 2. And what it is is an update to this um, specific language model for the medical field. So just stepping back to our, uh, what we started with at the beginning, Google already has a language model that's specific to healthcare and the medical field. It's designed for that domain. It's designed for research in, in medical domain. So it's an AI language model specific to research in the medical domain. If they, if they asked, those questions that they asked ChatGPT in this language model, I, I'm sure the results would have been almost perfect because hmm. it, this 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 uh, this database probably already had those papers in it and would go back and reference it, but it would use other data points that are specific to the medical domain to come up with its response. So I mean, stepping back again, that's a good example of not using the right tool just using a general tool to uh, come up with question, you know, answers to questions on, a, on medical research. So that, I don't think that was very helpful. Um, this tool would have produced different results, better results. Interesting. Um, so with, with then, increased so, capabilities, oh, sorry. With, with increased cool. capabilities, though, is there's going to be an increase in the uh, margin for error. So I think um, my discussion point here is that how do we, as a society, keep our eye on the prize, right? Uh, and the ethics of humanity when uh, these technologies will increase and increase and the, the margin of error also increases and increases. Well, it's definitely a good point. Um, what's scary about this too is, I mean, to, just to continue on and it comes, it'll loop back to answer your question, I think, or add to your, your point, um, this new, medical database, which is probably going to work the same way as Genesis, is, again, it, it can 
read and read something and then without proper training, without training on the specific um, area, it can come up with a with an answer. So this MedPalm two is it, it'll be able to uh, analyze symptoms like text that your symptoms that you put in text uh, with a text prompt and also analyze imaging and x-rays and it'll be able to identify uh, and diagnose problems and it'll be able to recognize this without actually having the training on on that particular thing so if there's uh, kind of a rare disease or a rare disease the system will be able to potentially identify that without mm -hmm. having the information on that so it, it's going to be able to learn based on all the information that it has so I think going back just to general use, Google already has bias. Again, if it'll show you what it thinks you want to see, so it keeps you on its platform. Um, if there's a, a part of Google that can actually learn without being trained on it and it, bias is introduced, I think it's going to be, uh, it could be potentially very dangerous. So it's going to be more important than ever to teach people again how to use the technology and what its limitations are and what to watch out for because it's just gonna get better and better at just telling you what you wanna know, whether it's mm -hmm. right or wrong. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, not to say that you won, but that was some compelling arguments that you had on your side. I, <laughs> I, I think this goes back to, we should be continually having these conversations like Mogada, that's what he wanted. He wanted us to be able to have these discussions when errors were, were surfaced in the misuse of technology and, uh, and the increased capabilities of technology and its power, the more you misuse it, the more powerful that misinformation can become. So I'm looking forward to actually continue these types of conversations. I would love to get into you know efficiency versus human livelihood, quantity versus quality, growth versus ethical implications. Uh, and one of the things, real quick, just to double click on what you were saying uh, as far as Google's, is it Gemini or is it Genesis? Genesis. Genesis. Okay, got it. And uh, I think when that comes out, we should talk about like it, its uh, its its capabilities and and how to utilize that correctly. I'll put in a plug in here. If we're smart enough to be able to to create technologies to provide analytical, auto automated analytical responses and creative thought based off of a question or an end result that we want, we should also be able to create an additional technology that can double and triple check this. I mean, it's already in blockchain where they do the verifications of the work product. We should start thinking about how they're going to be able to utilize that. Or in the meantime, how do you and I do that? Like you send me a prompt and put that in. I think that what's interesting is I was talking to, to a friend of mine today and he was saying, what's frustrating about ChatGPT is you can put in the same prompt and it comes back with different answers every time. So yeah. how, do we, how do we utilize that error? Let's call that an error, right? Or, or, or somehow it's like non-replicable utilization of uh, technology to actually double and triple check work product. Um, I, I just want to correct myself. I said it was MedPalm. MedPalm 2, it's actually the official name is MedPalm M. So I just want to make sure I correct that. Um, to, to answer your, your question, I think um, like when we build out uh, AI chatbots, the chatbots are trained. We put in a, a persona, so it has a lot of context and a lot of information, and then we train it with information. We load up information, so PDF and Word documents and website links, so that it has information, 
and then limit it to that information when it's answering questions. So I think um, by putting, you know, again, building out the technology correctly or building out the conversation correctly, you can get better results and it's not going to go out and pull information from everywhere. It's going to narrow its, its scope and return uh, or generate results or generate responses based on that more limited scope. So I think that's kind of the key. So just for general use, you know, again, I always go back to personas because it, it gives it more context and, and more direction. That's, I think that's kind of the, the road to the solution or a solution. Like yep. And then adding in that skeletal framework that we talked about. So giving it those guardrails at the beginning, the exoskeleton framework, and then following it up with the chain prompts has been highly efficient in producing the desired work product. That is correct, right? Like it, it, it is testable in, in the fact that it yeah. achieved uh, the ultimate goal that we were trying to do. Yeah, so there's ways of, of getting better results with the tool that's available today. And I think that's gonna get better and easier as, as things improve. And um, it, it might be the fact that Google's uh, Genesis is coming out is gonna use multiple language, like a network of language models to come up with responses. That might help out at all. Maybe you, that might help a lot. It, you might be able to say, you know, give me two different, uh, or give me the response, then double check it with another, another uh, pod or node on the network. So that might help too. Yeah, that might be well, a possibility or a feature. Absolutely. This is fun. I think from this conversation, I've got more questions than answers, but that's okay. That's the way it should be. That's how we're going <laughs> to <So> win. That's <laughs> I'm pulling you away from your hard line. I wouldn't say you won, but I wouldn't say you lost either. So there's that. Oh, man. Well, thanks for joining everyone. And I think we'll just continue this sort of uh, discussions to be had. So uh, if you are on one side or the other, let us know. And we'll chit chat about it. Sounds thanks, good. Alex. Good discussion. Bye. Bye.